recreation is not the only way to enjoy life. Hedonism is not the only way to enjoy life. I think if you can change your perspective and start to enjoy pushing yourself, mm-hmm. right? Seeing what you're made of, taking advantage of the opportunities we have here, especially if you live in a first world country, if you live in America, like there's people who are literally risking their lives today mm-hmm. to get here, right? Because we have so many opportunities. And really seeing what you can accomplish. The average person has so much potential that they just leave on the table. Welcome back to the show. I'm Travis Chappell, and I believe that if you can connect with the best, you can become the best. So after creating 800 podcast episodes about building your network, I've come to realize that networking is really just making friends. If you're doing it the right way, anyway. Join me as I make friends with world-class athletes like Shaquille O'Neal, entertainers like Rob Deerdeck, authors like Dr. Nicole LaPera, former presidents like Vicente Fox, or even the occasional FBI hostage negotiator, billionaire real estate mogul, or polarizing political figure. So if you want to make more friends that help you become a better version of yourself, then subscribe to the show and keep on listening, because this is Travis Makes Friends. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Travis Makes Friends podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with King Keto on Instagram, at King Keto, or his real name, Brandon Carter. He is an online personal trainer, and now he teaches online personal trainers how to build their online personal training business. And so in this episode, we talk all about his upbringing, which is a wild story about his dad and him being shipped off to military school when he was in high school, not really knowing his dad that much, and then his dad basically making it and then having a devastating end to his life that really affected Brandon in a lot of ways, both negatively and positively, and then ended up with him working multiple jobs in his early 20s, being the man of the family. And then having to provide for everybody, trying to be that rock for everybody, trying to get away from the vortex of the area that he grew up in and fill his life with lots of work instead of downtime so he didn't get into some of these other activities uh, that some of his friends were pulled into, unfortunately. And then when he started personal training online, he was one of the first people to be doing this. This was back you know, before 2010. There wasn't a lot of people doing this back then. So he's one of the first people to jump into that space. He's always been kind of a pioneer there. And so we talk a lot about how to build the business his nutrition schedule. We talk about his his family life, his past life, what he's doing now, what he's looking to in the future. And then one of the funny things that kind of just happened throughout the course of the interview is that he had four or five what became like hot takes, like controversial topics, which ended up not being controversial, but kind of are controversial. And so you'll hear those throughout the interview. We had a really good time and definitely somebody that I am now officially have made friends with and somebody who I look forward to hanging out with again in the future is a really cool guy. So please enjoy this conversation with Brandon Carter at King Keto over on Instagram. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the episode of Travis Makes Friends. Today, I am in studio, in the home studio with the one, the only Brandon Carter at King Keto over on Instagram. What's up, dude? Welcome What's going show. on, man? I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Hey, dude, anytime anytime people come through Vegas, man, I'd love to take some time. Yeah. You're here for a mutual friend, Ryan Pineda's event. Yeah, I'm right? speaking at WealthCon. I'm on one of the panels on social okay. media. There you go. I guess he needed like experts. Yeah. So so who else is you've call? been yeah you, you know? you've, you've been known you've been known to talk expertly about social media before I think yeah. once or twice let's go back to layers bro let's mm-hmm. go back in time here and talk about Brandon Carter before he was King Keto let's go back 12 13 years old what were you up to set the scene for us 12, what's 13. going on in your life yeah you know what man i grew up in the south side of chicago you know that that area that its reputation precedes itself sure. right so it was pretty rough and you know we what, were struggling what your parents do? my mom was one of the people you would call to book a flight on the airline. See, the kids don't oh, know yeah. anything about that. They all, they only <laughs> yeah. know going on the internet. Yeah, but they ask you Siri. used to have yeah. to call. 
you know, in the 80s. Nobody had an internet or right. a home computer, right? So you have to call. And that's when my mom, she was one of the people who answered the phone. And my dad, he had his own business. He had an insurance claims okay. company, right? He, so we were all together, but I didn't see my dad too much, even though I lived with him because he was working so hard. Like, yeah. He was just struggling, you know what I'm saying? Trying to put food on the table. Yeah, man, trying to work it out. You know, one of my very first memories as a child is my mom waking me up. At, she's waking me up at like five, right? We walked to preschool because she didn't have a car. And and we got robbed at gunpoint. And he put the gun in my face. I'm a five-year-old. Wow. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Wow. That's like one of my very first I mean, like, yeah, memories growing gonna, up. That's not going not, not to leave your brain anytime soon. Yeah, that's yeah. That that's wild. So that's kind of environment, you know, the south side of Chicago is. Right? They're robbing toddlers at the break of dawn, you know. Wow. And uh, Yeah, that's such a early <laughs> time, too. That's yeah. wild. Yeah. They must not have crackheads are up early. I was going to say, yeah. crack, crackheads. Or they're up late from the night before. Crackheads don't get it. Sleep is sleep is a suggestion to crackheads. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, hard, crackheads, man, hardworking people, man. <laughs> they were, they were, the grind never stops. It never stops, uh, man. Yeah. So we were struggling. Yeah, yeah. You know, my, uh, I have two brothers, two sisters. One of my brothers I never met before. Okay, because we got different moms. My dad had a bunch of kids. Okay, but I, but he when he married my mom. He stayed with her until he died. You okay. Know? Anyway, I didn't grow up with any of them because they all lived with their other Oh, moms. gotcha. Interesting. You know what I'm saying? You had siblings, but you were kind of like- Yeah, yeah. I was the only one whose parents For all intents together. and purposes. Yeah, yeah, I was the only child. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. And, but he was struggling trying to trying to figure it out how to make it work. And by the time I got to the age you were talking about, I got sent away to military school. Okay. In uh, Wisconsin. It was a military school in Wisconsin. I had to live there. Hmm. And, you know, I got in a little bit of trouble, you know. I was like a bad kid, you know. I got, you know, I mean, not nothing crazy, just skipping class, fights, sure. shootouts, you know, normal yeah. kid stuff. Well, it's a you know. product of your environment, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, so I get sent away. But here's the thing: that's when his business started taking off, right? So, by interesting. The, yeah, he started making money when I was gone. I don't know. I don't know if the message is like get rid of your kids. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's step the one. Maybe that's military maybe, hey, school. Listen, success two. leaves clues. Yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, but that's what I, I just think, you know, after you do anything consistently for yeah, right, right. 10, 15 years, you're going to start seeing results. And that's when it started working. By the time I was done with high school, he was making $3 million a year. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, adjust, wow. adjusted for inflation that, you know, that's I got out in 2000. Adjusted for inflation, that's $8 million a year. Wow. Yeah. But I didn't experience any of it because I was gone, right? So you were there, you were at military school for... The whole Five time years, we got work. Yeah, uh, about four years, all the high school. Wow. Right? Wow. How was that and experience? It was awful. I, did, I, was I hated it. That so sounds much. not fun. Yeah. In fact, I, pro- I might have went into the military had I not had that experience. Mm, interesting. <laughs> you know, I talked to some, like, I've talked to military guys and guys, even guys who worked at the school, they yeah. were all in the military. And they were like, yeah, this is worse than the military because yeah. <laughs> you guys have less freedom. Right. right. <laughs> than us. <laughs> like, That's we can wild. go do shit right. and, like, see women. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's not really school dances yeah, at military were, school. No, no, not yeah. an all boys military school. Yeah. They were like, they said it was worse. Yeah. So I took their word for it. <laughs> but <laughs> but I didn't experience any of the wealth because I went to college right after Howard okay. University School of Business. And by the time I was done with college, he lost all the money. No way. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he lost all the money. And then, and then. The Do you years, think it was like losing all the money just because of irresponsibility or because of. Yeah. Cause he's getting. He's trying to continue investing in the business or. Here's something I learned. Cause I've seen this happen before with other people. You know, if you lack discipline, well, you know, here, if you do it for the money, 
when you get the money, you might take your foot off the gas. Hmm. And you, sometimes you start, people start indulging in the fruits of their labor. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, now I, now I can chill. Now I can enjoy myself or whatever what people call enjoying themselves, you know? And you know, if you're not like a super disciplined person before you get the money, and if that's not important to you, when you get it, you have more opportunities to ruin your life because mm. now you have leverage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now you can put yourself in the debt. Now you can get more things. Right, the stuff I say no to now is like I don't think most guys can do it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying sure. at this level. And I, and my dad couldn't say no to because by the time you, you your money you for, you have money for the first time a lot of money then it's like a lot of temptation. Sure, a lot of opportunities to 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 indulge in vices. And I think he fell victim to a lot of that because. He was a street dude from Chicago. He just had his G- GED. Yeah. He was like in gangs. He was a goddamn gang leader mm-hmm. growing up, you know, and and he just figured out something that worked, but he was still a street dude and he didn't have real education. Like he didn't have like, and not to say you, you need to go to college or you sure, need that sure, pedigree, sure. but he was, he was super street smart and super smart, right? Yeah. It's just, he didn't, some, he just some pieces missing yeah. to make him super successful, you know? And, Interesting. Yeah. How'd that affect you? Watching him, like watching him go from struggling, no money at all, and then seeing the he made a ton of money and thinking probably at the time like, wow, my dad made it, he killed it, yeah. And then watching it all go away, that had to have some sort of a well, it all went away. Then he killed himself Mm -hmm. in '07. Oh no way! Yeah, yeah, he he, he committed suicide in '07. So I I saw like the rise and then and the demise. Yeah, right. But there was a lot of lessons there. Like I think the first lesson was, oh, if you work hard for. 10, 15 years, you're going to be successful. Yeah. Right? And his work No matter ethic, your background, no matter your education. It doesn't even matter. matter. Right. You can be from the hood, black. He was an orphan. Mm. You know, he didn't even know his parents. Yeah. Like he was a legitimate orphan. Yeah. Right. Gang banger, you know, like doing, and he made it, like really made it. Mm-hmm. And it just let me know that, oh, it's, it's just hard work. You know, his work ethic was definitely something that I picked up and my mom's work ethic. Because remember in the beginning, I told you she was waking me up at five to go to work. She right. walked me to school and get on a bus and go to go to work. So to seeing the work ethic from them two, that really, I, I, I picked that up sure. via osmosis, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think what the best thing about my parents, I had great parents. You know, that's the one thing I, I would say I was really lucky because I hear a lot of people, they have all these doubts and they don't believe in themselves. Well, I never had that. If anything, mm-hmm. me, it was overconfidence. Like, that's been my biggest thing. Because when you see your dad come from nothing and then make that much money, yeah. when he tells you you can do whatever you want, you believe him. Sure, yeah. But these other guys, regular, these other guys, motherfucking janitors and bus drivers telling their kids they can be whatever right. they want. Kids like, yeah, get the fuck out of here, man. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, where you would think objectively from a third-party perspective if you were going to like choose which family to be a part of, yeah. you would think that this one over here, that like the middle class family mm-hmm. with the picket fence would be the one that would instill more confidence in you. Yeah. But to your point, it actually, from what I've seen, like it instills more mediocrity in people mm. because you have a little bit of something and you don't want to let go. You don't want to lose the little bit of something that you have. Yeah. Whereas like people that come from nothing and like they they're forced to rely on the only thing that they have which is their belief in themselves and their ability to pull themselves out of it yeah so and then when you see somebody actually do that in front of you who is your parent that's highly impactful and yeah. directly affects your confidence or your belief in yourself to be able to do something in the same way i was having this conversation with Ed my on the podcast a few mm. months back about about parenting and things like that mm. and that was one of the things that we were talking about and he said something that really stuck with me and he said 
the most, I'm probably going to butcher this, but the most insidious form of child neglect is a parent who gives up on their dreams. Mm. And that, that's hard. Like, I believe that. It's a, a slap in the face. I think when, if you're a parent, because you tend to think like, oh, it's just about spending time with my kids and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah. well, really though, if you want your child to be able, capable, confident, and willing to do something extraordinary, mm. then they have to see that version of you do it. Yeah. Or they're not going to, like, you can tell them all day long. You can preach it to them all day long. But if you go to your job at Walgreens and come you home and hate your life, you know what I mean? Like, they're not going to fully believe it. Yeah. Because they don't have any evidence that it actually is true. They're going to look at it and be like, perspective that or, you bring up, yeah. or they'll believe you and they think you're a punk. Mm. Oh, that's all you wanted? This, wait a minute. You can have whatever you want and this is all you wanted? Right. Right. Oh, my dad's a fucking I can have, punk. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right? I can <laughs> you have, know? Like, like, you're telling me I can have whatever I want. Yeah. Well, why don't you have whatever you want? Yeah, what's up? What what gives, bro? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so, so either they're gonna believe it and think you're a punk, or did, or more, more than likely they're not gonna believe it. Yeah, and they'll settle. They'll settle for the mediocre yeah. life as well. But it's it's like I don't know, man. Because of what I saw my dad do, I saw that working hard over a long period of time, yeah, works. Sure. Probably as far as like first world circumstances are concerned like just some guy in syria who has a way worse yeah, sure, <laughs> right sure. you know like kuwait or some shit right but as far as first world america circumstances i don't know if it gets much worse Pretty than rough, south man. side chicago Pretty orphan yeah, <laughs> you know growing up in and, foster and it's in the orphanage in 2020 yeah that, that happened you know yeah. your dad was yeah, this is the 1950s 1960s yeah. being a black man in chicago you civil rights like, movement yeah, you know what i'm right. saying like yeah yeah, yeah. it's like, like pretty bad scenario but he pulled himself out of it yeah so to, to know that to me seeing that i feel like i still feel like i'm a, a punk in comparison to him like i feel mm. like i haven't accomplished enough yeah you know but then there's the downside like when this, this guy you idolize blows his fucking brains out yeah right then it's How like oh wait a minute time? i was 24 Oof. yeah so it was i was fortunate that i was an adult because i met people who's father committed suicide when they were like kids yeah. you know like and so that's that's pretty tough but fortunately i was an adult but that fucks with you too right oh the guy who you believed in who's like your your all your self-concept is based off of yeah goes out like that it's like oh wait a minute what's true yeah. you know <laughs> what's right. true and that fucked with me for a little bit but i didn't really have time to contemplate it because i was like kind of thrust in a position where i was like the man of the family now hmm. and i had to like take care of my mom my sister my grandma my sister's kids I had to take care of everyone, right? So I was like, all right, fuck it. And so at 24. I, 24. Yeah, you're right out of college. Yeah, I've been out of college for a little while okay. at this point. And, you know, I was probably, you know, that same month, like not the same month, but that's that same time within like three months, like one of my friends got sent away to prison doing life sentence. Wow. He killed two people, right? So he, so he, so that's what happens. Yeah, you sure. can't go around killing people, and then <laughs> can't do it. <laughs> this may be this may be a controversial stance, yeah. right? I may get a lot of heat from this, but you know I'm willing to say it. Hey, don't kill people. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know it takes a lot of bravery for me to take yeah, that stance, yeah, yeah. but I, I'm not I gotta, gonna push back on. I gotta me, say yeah. what's right. <laughs> you know, so he's in, he's in prison, man. My boy SV, like childhood friend. Then one of my other friends, Esco, he got murdered, and I was just like, oh. I need to change up some things that I'm doing too, right? Because mm-hmm. you become like people around. So, you know, I, I said, all right, what am I really good at? Personal training. And I've been doing that for basically since I was 17, training people. Okay. Even in college, I was I had jobs as a personal trainer. So I was, always liked athletics, fitness. Yeah, I always just loved it, man. Weights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since, since I was 16, okay. right? So, but personal training wasn't making the kind of money I needed at the time, you know, and it was during the recession too. 
you gotta remember this is 07 mm, yeah and oh the 08 was when the recession really hit yep you know so well i started waking up at four training people in the morning i was taking a train from queens i was in queens so i was trained from queens to harlem train people at the new york sports club on 145th and broadway take the train downtown to soho where i was the security guard at the prada store and i worked there for like eight hours and then i would work for my boys moving company after that and then on that was five days a week and on the weekends i would train people wake up early train people in the morning and then i managed my, my buddy's restaurant in queens basically for another like 10 hours right so these are 12 14 hours a day yeah. seven days a week for two years yeah you know, because I not just, a lot of time for vices and nonsense when yeah. you're putting in fourteen hour work days. Nah, nah, because I just feel you know it was crunch time, man. I didn't have time to sit around morning. Yeah, you know, I had to help my family out. You yeah. know, I like my back. I feel like my back was against the wall, and it was a recession. But here's the thing, man. During a recession, right? Mind you, I have a college degree, right? So, mm-hmm. but you may be too young to even remember '08 like that, right? But because I'm forty, but it. It was bad. There was like people with master's degrees working at Starbucks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like I I said, fuck it. I can do labor. Right. I'm, you know, I ain't too good for that. You know, Mm -hmm. that's what I did. And you know, those two years, I made over a hundred thousand dollars both years. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) All you got to do is work 14 hours a day. Three jobs, (laughs) a couple side gigs. Yeah. yeah. It's simple. (laughs) Easy, easy, easy peasy. And then, but I I was like, fuck, I got to figure something out, you know? And then I remember just pretty vividly, you know, I was reading four hour work week because we were we were driving, we were in a moving job and you know, we were we just packed up a house. Yeah. And I'm in the van, I mean the truck, passenger seat while we're going to the next location to drop this person's shit off. And I and I am reading four hour work week and I had the idea like, what if I did this shit online? Training. Mm-hmm. And nobody was doing online training at the time. It was um Yeah, pretty new. I mean, yeah, no, I was. I, the I, internet I, was still pretty new, <laughs> bro, really. You know, bro, it was MySpace. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Instagram didn't exist, you know, and YouTube was in its infancy. Direct response online was really, really young at that. point. All that point. shit was new. Yeah. I don't even. Yeah, all that shit was very new. So, I don't. I don't want to say I invented online training, but I was in that first class of sure. people who were pioneering it. Sure, you know. So I was like, all right, what, what, what? Maybe I can do this, you know. And then Tim Ferriss. He recommended in the book. You, I don't. I'm, I'm not telling people to go read that book. All the, a lot of strategies are pretty antiquated at at this point. Mm-hmm. But he suggested using Google Ads, and Google Ads still work. We run them now, but they were cheaper then, you know, <laughs> in oh eight, fucking oh eight. <laughs> and uh, so it was like a viable option to test stuff, you know. But at the same time, right after that, I read Crush It by Gary Vee. I had this conversation with Gary before I'll tell him that it was impactful. So I said, wait a minute, what if I merge these two strategies, do this social media thing Mm. and use Tim's business strategies? But instead of creating a product, I just do it with a service, right? You know, online training. That's what I'm good at. And it started to work. Yeah, (laughs) It started to work. I started making YouTube videos. I bought a $50 camera off of eBay. It was like the, called the... Cisco it was made by Cisco. It's called the Flip, Flip Cam. Nice. And it was like fifty dollars. It was like the first HD camera to fit in your pocket. Yeah. Because iPhone didn't. If iPhone had just came out, yeah, or was about one, to come out. I think, yeah. yeah. It was like oh seven. And, yeah, and it wasn't even HD. Right. You know. So that wasn't like a thing doing it right. with your phone at the time. But this it was a camera. It was like might have been half the size, half the <laughs> thickness of this cup, <laughs> but it fit in your pocket, right? Right. Right. And I started making YouTube videos with that. Nice. And Shit started to work over time, you know, and then I was able to, I started getting online clients. I had to figure that out, how to train people online so they get good results. And I came up with different systems over the years. Yep. And I was able to quit one job, 
and quit another job. I was gonna, I was gonna yeah. ask you. So how long, how long in between the time you started mm-hmm. doing online training and then you went full time and just went ham with it? Okay, so probably like it was years, bro. Because oh, okay. I, I was quitting one job at a time. Yeah. So first, I first thing I quit was the moving company, right? Because that was like a full body workout every day. Sure. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? So I was, especially in New York, it's super hard because it's all apartments and stairs and yo, not every building has elevators. Right. So you you bring shit up like six story walk ups. Oh, <laughs> you know, sofa moving beds is and shit. One of shit. the worst things in the world to me, bro. Bro, I saw if people hit me up, you know, because like when you're younger, you just gotta go help friends move. It's just yeah. a thing. You yeah, know what I mean? everybody just goes and helps. And at the end of the day, you get like a box of pizza. Yeah. And at the time, it was like, yeah, but I get free pizza. You yeah. Know what I mean, as a, like an adult, like a grown ass man, people ask me to help them move, and I'm like, I'll pay a mover to help you yeah, move. I'd rather like, pay someone. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather pay someone <laughs> but, for my friends. But I can I can afford my own pizza at this point. So yeah, I'm yeah. not going to take seven hours of my day lugging your couch, like smashing my fingers on the door jam. You know what I mean? Like, if one of my friends I'm asked right, me bro. to move, I would I would publicly shame him <laughs> for, for not hiring movers. I'm like, yo, man, step your fucking game up. You, you sitting around poor? What's the matter with you, man? Go out here and support the economy. You give people yeah. jobs, Especially man. Especially if you have Being a selfish. Truck. If you own a truck, for oh yeah, I had I had a Ford Explorer in college. Oh yeah, you're so I helped so many people move. (laughs) They hit me with I had the Ford Explorer Sport, the two door. That was my first car, (laughs) the two door stick shift Sport Ford Explorer. You 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 got plenty room in the back for shit. You don't make a they don't make a lot of those two door (laughs) stick shifts (laughs) SUVs. Okay, so you quit you quit the moving the moving company. And and then then I was a few months later I was able to I got fired from the Prada store. It was a good decision on their part, though. Okay. Because I, w- I, d- I was a security guard, but I didn't guard anything and I didn't keep anyone secure. I was just there. I was a deterrent. Like somebody like ran out with some yeah. some shit once. And I, I was like, I, I, I really thought to myself, I don't have insurance. And that, bur- that purse is insured. No kidding, bro. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, you can take the $70, or I, I guess it was Prada, so yeah, it's probably it was, a lot more oh, than that. But a fucking, yeah. fucking Prada bag. Yeah, $4,000 like bag. Four or 5000 yeah. you know, like this, this yeah. fucking little book bag, this little. This little one is fucking two. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, either way, four yeah. grand, five grand, not worth me. I'm not like, fighting. Risking my life. This motherfucker yeah. over this shit. And then they gave me a suit, right? They tailored a suit to me. They, and I was like, I'm going to fuck up my suit too? It's my only suit. <laughs> what am I going to do if I got to go to court or a wedding? That's all I got. <laughs> fuck this uh, shit. So and then they ended up firing me at one point. Uh, they, it was a good decision. Yeah, they, one of those points where you're like, yeah, that makes sense. No, that Fair makes enough. Sense. Yeah. I, I'm surprised Thank they didn't the do it sooner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised you guys didn't do it sooner, man. Like, I'm not good at this <laughs> well, thank you for the checks. yeah thank yeah. thank hey thanks man i was more of a det- i saw myself as a deterrent yeah I, well hey that probably worked yeah in a lot of ways you know yeah like people like, don't want to fuck with you if they see that somebody might actually do something about yeah, it yeah it's like the club remember people used to put the club on mm-hmm, their car mm-hmm. like i know people who steal cars who yeah. stole cars back in the day a long time ago yeah you don't nobody needs to go look at it today. <laughs> a long time ago <laughs> and, uh, but like controversial opinion here but they yeah. laughed they used to laugh at the clubs like so fucking got a club on he yeah, think he's right. gonna go keep this shit safe <laughs> but so it was a little bit more work sure yeah, so yeah. they would be yeah, they so would be like, deterred it's like having a dog right mm-hmm. like i got a dog and she's annoying sometimes she's also awesome but she's like an 80 90 yeah. pound german shepherd that's how i view it it's like if you're gonna come like rob me it's gonna be because you have beef with me not yeah. because like you're just some petty thief because if you're a petty thief and you like 
come to my door and you hear my dog yeah. with those like ferocious bark, you're just less likely to give this house a shot. It's easier probably targets. just going to move next door. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, yeah. some, it's, it's a deterrent. Yeah. It's a deterrent. So that's why I was. So I was able to quit. I got fired from that job and I still trained people in person. In person. Yeah. I kept a weekend job for a long time. Okay. And, and I was just all the other time I would work on the business. And I kept that until I had my criteria for quitting. I know some people say, just quit everything. It's fucking retarded, yeah, it's man. Not practical. It's, it's stupid. Well, it, it's like, mm. it just depends on the situation, right? Yeah. Like if you're a 23 year old kid and you that. live with your oh, parents and whatever, <laughs> like you, you don't really have to do any of that stuff. You know what I mean? But like if yeah. you're where you were, Bro, when you're supporting seven people. It's like you can't just be like, no, I'm committed. Yeah, yeah. people are dependent on you, man. It's totally irresponsible to just burn your boats like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You got mouths to feed people dependent on you. Like, uh, mom, I'm sorry. I don't have it this month. I burnt the boats. Yeah, right. Get the it's fuck like, out of here, bro. <laughs> yeah, no food this month because I'm committed. Yeah, it's <laughs> fucking stupid, man. What I did do was I waited until I was making enough money, more money than I was working from my online business and I had, I needed to have six months of expenses saved because I feel like if six months, if things hit the fan, I got six months to figure things out. Yep. And the irony is that gave me more confidence. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? No, absolutely, dude. Like as long as you don't let it be the buffer that keeps you not working. Yeah. Because some people look at that and they go like, oh, six months, I'm good. I'm comfortable. You know what I mean? So as long as you don't have that mentality, like you should have these things in order if you are the provider for a bunch of other people, for sure. You got to remember, all I know is poverty at this point. Like, even though my dad made it, I didn't experience it. Sure. Like, I wasn't there. The only thing I, I got out of that is he was he paid for my college, mm. right? which was a, a blessing, sure. right? But I didn't experience any benefits of it. So right. all I know is poverty at this point. Yep. So, like, I Go never back. felt comfortable. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> yeah. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over one hundred and forty million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash 
Travis. Just go to Indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need hire, you need Indeed. So at what point do you, you know, you're full-time online, at what point do you become like the transformation to like King Keto? Like at what point are you are you making this part of I your mean, brand? I worked on my fitness business for years, years. So I built it up to just online training. I built it up to seven figure business. Okay. You know, and then I started a supplement line, bro laboratories. We we and that was like that was close to seven figures per year, you know. And all this, organic this is years. traffic or were you buying mostly traffic? organic, but then I, I had a, another mentor named Matt Gallant mm-hmm. who got to show me how to use Facebook ads. Mm-hmm. And that shit started working really well. Then I had another mentor who taught me even more about Facebook ads, a dude named Kevin Hodo. He used to run the ads for Gym Launch. Mm-hmm. Back in, in its infancy, yeah. Kevin was like those two guys are like godfathers to me. Kevin, yeah. Kevin died COVID. Oh uh, no way! Yeah, wow. man, it was, it was, he was he was a little overweight, you know. That's wild. So you know, but those two guys really helped me hone my skills. So I, I felt like I was really good at Facebook ads mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and Google ads. I was adequate, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but it was organic traffic was, was a huge part of it. Cause I, yeah. I really folk, I started with social media. Yeah. You seem to be like, from what I know about you, from what I mm-hmm. see about you online, you seem to be like really dialed in on who you are as a brand Yeah, in terms of like you, you repel the people you don't want and you attract the people you do want yeah. and you do it in a very like clear, concise, organic way yeah. that obviously fills your businesses with leads and customers and people who already know, like, and trust you. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people are kind of scared to be themselves online or they're super worried about their appearance Mm -hmm. and they want to get the best cameras. And I never had that. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to teach people to not care care because that part of my brain doesn't really work. (laughs) I'm not like Tupac, like, I don't give a fuck what people think. No, it's more like, I forget that other people have opinions on things. Sure. sure. <laughs> well, and, 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 and you don't have enough time to think about it. Mm-hmm. So if you're really focused on doing the things that you do yeah. and you believe, yeah. like that's the big thing to me is like, if you have the belief mm-hmm. in whatever it is that you're doing, then it shouldn't matter what everybody else is thinking. And you don't have enough time to even consider what they're thinking because you're so dead, like, yeah. you know, focused on the things that you believe and getting those things that you believe out to other people so yeah. that they can also use those tools and change their lives the same way that those things helped you change yours. Yeah. When I was in college, I used to, I used to rap. I was in like some rap groups and op- I opened up for fucking T.I., the Ludacris, nice. Fabulous, LL Cool J, like everybody who was big in the early 2000s, uh, even Kanye West before he, he came out with his first album when he was like super unknown. And we used to go to rap battles too, like all around the up down the east coast yeah. go, every rap battle we would go to so when it comes to just talking in the camera i get maybe i trained that out, that out of me because sure. i had to like do freestyle right. I had to I, rap about you on beat that is expert communication <laughs> skill yeah right yeah there, for sure make yeah. everyone laugh on beat and it has to rhyme right right but so just talking in front of a camera doesn't really scare me that much sure. so maybe it was a, a little bit of that yeah you know yeah so i just never i just never cared and nobody gets unanimous praise right Nobody. Yeah. The greatest guys, you know, they killed Jesus, right? They, they, yeah, they, right. He seemed like a pretty cool guy. He, yeah. he was saying some cool stuff, you know. Yeah. He, seemed, he had a good message, right? That may be a controversial take, but but I'm willing to stand. I mean, yeah, yeah, listen, I'm Jesus willing to stand was probably on a it. good guy. Don't kill people. 
Stealing cars is bad. Like we're listen. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm not afraid to say the These things wild. that people may not agree with. You know, <laughs> they killed they killed Lincoln. He did some good yep. stuff. Yep. Saved the yep. Union. Yep. It'd be two countries if it wasn't for him. Hmm. You know. And uh, yeah, it's fair. Yeah, they Martin Luther King. Nobody gets unanimous praise, right? right. So I, I kind of just knew that. Yeah. And one of my mentors, a dude named Elliot Holtz, he was a guy who like like a big brother to me. He was one of the first fitness YouTubers to get a million followers, million subscribers. Okay. Nice. And he just he told me the more polarizing you are, the better. And he's a big fan of Dan Kennedy, you know. Oh, yeah. So he he learned that from Dan, and I learned that from him. And I was like, all right, I just it just gave me permission to just say sure. what I'm thinking. Well, especially you know? when it comes to your personal brand, man. Because at the end of the day. There's a lot of people out there that teach keto. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people out there that teach fitness. There's yeah. a lot of people out there that teach nutrition. Mm-hmm. But the thing that's going to make somebody follow you instead of somebody else is not the fact that you're telling them something about keto. It's the fact that you're expressing some sort of personal opinion about a belief yeah. that you hold that they also might hold. Yeah, and yeah. that is going to attract them to your personality and your brand as a human being not just the information that you're giving. And that's the piece that a lot of these brands are missing mm. is that they're never willing to say those things because they, I don't want to, you know, irritate anybody. I don't want to piss anybody off. I don't want to be that guy or whatever. And it's like, okay, well, then you're just another dude. Yeah. You're just another, you know, you're, you're another chick online spewing information. Yeah. There, there's no lack of that. There, there's so many people that so have people. the same information. It's the same thing. Yeah. You know, there's only so many ways you can talk about real estate investing Bro. before everybody talks about real estate investing. Yeah, everything's So the thing said. that's going to attract people to you as a real estate investor in your brand is the things that make you you beyond real estate yeah. investing. You know what I'm saying? Your like, personality and your perspective, else. right? Sure. Yeah, you know, and, and your pedigree, right? You know, because I had been such, I had been a trainer mm-hmm. for 10 years right. before I was famous for being a trainer. Sure. Right? So like, I, I was actually good at it, mm-hmm. you know? And I was in better shape than the average guy, right? So mm-hmm. like I, it was a, there was a reason they believed me. So a lot of people, they tell me they want to be famous online. How do I get more followers? I'm thinking like, well, why should people follow you? Sure. Can you answer that? That's a really great question. You know, do you have like the pedigree? Like, have you done anything? Mm-hmm. Right, because right now I teach people how to build their online fitness business, mm-hmm. right? My, my company's called a high ticket trainer and we teach people, we're really good at it, but why should you listen to me? If someone had, well, like I, I did it. Mm-hmm. I built a seven figure online fitness business and but not only that, I helped other people do it. Like I, I so once my business started really taking off, I would meet these other influencers who were like younger than me, mm-hmm. and I realized that they didn't really know business. And maybe an advantage I had was going to college. Like I know it's it's very popular to hate on college, but I don't know. I thought it was a great experience. Still very helpful. Yeah, I thought it was super. It's not all bad. I think most of those guys go to like shitty colleges or they were dorks, right? Sure. So they didn't. <laughs> well, going to a real college and going to like University of Phoenix online Bro, is like a little bit different. My experience. college was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like if you're a 17 year old kid right now, thinking if you go to college, highly recommend Howard University. It was 12 girls to every guy. That's pretty good ratio. And that's not even counting. Then, but if you count the the fat guys and the homosexuals, then it's like, <laughs> <laughs> then it's like now now like you're really <laughs> the odds are super skewed skewed in your favor, yeah, and that, you know that leaves a op- lot of opportunity for you know unique experiences. Sure, and, uh, unique experiences without the immediate like regret and and long term consequences. I needed you know? that because I, yeah. I was 17 year old when I went to college. Yeah. Right, I, I was 17, so. I wasn't ready to go out and be a man. Yeah, right. <laughs> to go out and be a man at at that 
part of my life. So it was cool. I, I was able to learn a lot and make a lot of mistakes in a controlled environment where sure. like, you know, you know, but you know, it was early 2000s. Right. So maybe things are different right now. Anyway, I'm an advocate for education. Yeah. <laughs> Another hot take. <laughs> I think education is a good thing. <laughs> the most wisdom that's ever been dropped. On hey, man, of the show. You know? So, <laughs> it, it, but it really helped me. And one of the things I learned, see, I had classes taught by like Larry Ellison. Oh, wow. You're the CEO of Verizon taught one of my classes. Yeah. You know, Larry Ellison would come, you yeah. know. But, and, it's pretty valuable. Yeah. And one thing I, I did learn in college from marketing perspectives to your earlier point is really figure out who your market is hmm. and only talk to them, right? Like tampons, tampax, they don't care what we think, mm -hmm. right? They're only talking to women. They actually don't care what we think. Mm -hmm. And I kind of just took that as like, who's my person? Well, I think we all just learned a major lesson in that with Bud Light. Yeah. You know, like a very public lesson yeah. in speaking to your target market. Like, did they do something inherently and intrinsically wrong? No. No, absolutely not. It was probably not even something that they thought about that much. It was yeah. just like, oh, let's do this thing for this person. And then they did it. Yeah. And then it was like, they violated every rule of marketing in doing so. Yeah. And did not think about their target audience or target market one bit. I hope and people got fired. Because that was like a marketing. They've lost billions. Mm -hmm. Billions with a B they've lost in real revenue they should do whatever you want i don't give a shit I don't care i don't like it doesn't bother me at all but i'm also not bud light's target market yeah <laughs> you know what i mean you so know like, what I'm yeah me neither if, i don't, I don't I were even bud drink. Light's yeah. market, maybe i maybe i would have given a shit about that just like they all did and boycotted they learned a very very hard lesson and i and i hope a lot of other companies took that lesson to heart yeah which is just if you're in that world then maybe do those things if that's your target market then do that thing yeah. if it's not stay engaged in what you're like you're a company yeah it's your job as a marketer to make more like bring in more customers increase brand value and and overall increase market cap yeah and revenue right so like you violated the first rule of marketing in doing so yeah. and yeah now you're 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 you know having to deal with the consequences it's too super irresponsible right because there's so many people who whose livelihoods depend on them right right you exactly. know what i'm saying you got to think about the from from the people, all the people who work there, down to the janitors. Right. You know, like right. the, your decisions. That when I think about it. I have like thirty six employees, so I think about that all the time. My yep. decisions impact those people, their lives, their children's lives. Right. You got to think about this stuff. It's irresponsible to not focus on your uh, your target market, man. Like they used to do it great in the nineties. I went to college initially. I wanted to make beer commercials. Yeah. That's why I went because because in the nineties beer fun. commercials were fun and yeah. they spoke right to the target it's funny market. Because I grew up super Baptist, so mm -hmm. very very sheltered and all alcohol was bad. Yeah, and I still even remember at that point, like I knew in my mind that like those were bad commercials and like we yeah. a lot of times would have to change the channel like during mm -hmm. you know beer commercials. If my parents weren't there, I would leave it on because yeah. they were always funny. Yeah. I always liked them and it made me want to drink. Like it, they made the beer look so good. Yeah, hot, <laughs> hot like, girls, guys, <laughs> yeah. people having fun. Right, like exactly. they spoke to their target market they and they got to get away from that. You know, your revenue is going to be reflected in your revenue. Well, look, man, this has been a lot of fun. I know we're winding down here. Last quick question for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's one that I really like to ask every once in a while because it finds that we get some interesting answers for it. Mm -hmm. If you could have one video mm -hmm. that you knew for sure would go so viral that everybody in the world would see it, what would the message of that video be? Mm-hmm. I think the message, you know, the message would be that, you know, people always say, especially to me, you know, I've been hearing this a lot since I, you know, I just work really hard. And they say, you got to enjoy life. You got to enjoy life. I mean, you got to work hard. Right. But recreation is not the only way to enjoy life. Hedonism is not the only way to enjoy life. I think 
if you can change your perspective and start to enjoy pushing yourself, Mm -hmm. right? Seeing what you're made of, taking advantage of the opportunities we have here, especially if you live in a first world country, if you live in America, like there's people who are literally risking their lives today Mm -hmm. to get here, right? Because we have so many opportunities and really seeing what you can accomplish. The average person has so much potential that they just leave on the table, but it's going to take like work to unleash that bring it to the surface, you know? And if you can find joy in that, try, trying to see how much of your potential you can bring to the table, then you can have joy every day, right? Because what these people don't understand is, I just want to enjoy life, man. You got to enjoy I hear it all the time. It's like, what well, you're just talking about hedonism. Right. You know? Right. That's really what you're talking about. For the, goal, for the, yeah. the goal is not to not work. Yeah. Yeah. The goal is to find work. That you enjoy. That you enjoy enough to go through the sucky parts of working. Yeah. Or, you know? or like change your associations with pain and pleasure like start to enjoy pushing yourself seeing what you're made of because if you can do that then you can enjoy life every day but Mm if enjoying life is just hedonism then you can only do that sporadically right you can't go on vacation you can't go on vacation every day you can't get high every day you can't get drunk every day you can't go parties every day Mm -hmm. right so you only have pockets of joy Mm -hmm. what they don't understand is once you change this mindset you can enjoy life every day right if i take a vacation it's mostly obligatory, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's family obligations or something that want to do something with my son, you know, which is cool, you know, take him, take him to a park or something, which is cool. I, like I, I do do these things, mm-hmm. but it's not like I can't wait That's to the next the vacation. Yeah, no, right, right, right. no. It's like, really, I just want to see what I'm made of, man. I really want to push myself to the limits and see, see how much I can accomplish, how much of my potential I can bring to the surface. And if you can start identifying with that, life actually becomes more enjoyable. I, Everybody's been kind of fed this lie that the way to enjoy life or it's just recreation, but it's all it's also selfish, right? Because recreation only helps you, mm. right? Hedonism is only for you, yeah. right? But you know, if you're pushing yourself, if you're building business or even working hard at a business, what, what things you're doing, you're making money, right? To make money, you have to provide a, a product or service that's valuable. Right. People give you money. You can't make it. People have to give it to you, yeah. right? So you're you're helping people with that service, but also like either your company or the company you work at, you're helping all the people who work there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You're helping them make money to to help their families and yeah. provide better futures for, for their kids. And it, you're doing a lot of good, you know? So I don't know. I, it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately. Dude, well, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. Thanks for making time. I know you're out here just for a day or two doing this conference thing. Yeah. So I appreciate you stopping by. Everybody, if you're not following Brandon on social, you're one of the few who isn't. You're tripping. Um, yeah, go over to <laughs> at King Keto over on Instagram. Follow follow Brandon over there. See some of the stuff that he's got going on. I promise you, you will always leave inspired. And sometimes with a smile on your face, something something funny that he shares is always good stuff, dude. So or, I appreciate or search you me on, on Instagram. Show. I mean, search me on YouTube. Brandon Carter. It's the one with a million subscribers. There you go. Yeah, just you'll, a million, you'll know when you see all. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, dude, thanks for coming <laughs> on, man. This is a lot Thank of fun, you, brother. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for spending some time with me and my friends. If you want to be better friends with me, then head over to TravisChapel.com/team to subscribe to my free newsletter, Your Friend Travis, where I share what's on my mind about life, building a business, raising kids, being married, and anything else I would normally share with my close circle of friends. That's TravisChapel.com/team. And my biggest ask of you since I'm sharing my friends with you is to share this episode with a friend of yours that hasn't listened to the show yet. Then leave us a quick five-star rating in Apple Podcasts and in Spotify. It would mean the world to us as it helps us make sure that this show continues to be more valuable to you. Thanks in advance, and I'll catch you on the next episode. 
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.